Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. Hey friends, before we begin the episode, I want to remind you that my next six-week course begins on February 21st. Registration opens on January 19th and closes one week afterwards. I will be hosting a free webinar on Wednesday, January 19th with a Q&A to describe the course and answer any questions you might have. For more information, visit holisticlifenavigation.com. Now let's get back to the episode. On today's episode, I navigate the question, which traditions do I uphold from a place of duty and which do I uphold from a place of desire. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I am your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply, listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. 
find this such an important season, time of year, to just discuss duty versus desire. Duty is something that feels like I have to and I have no choice. It might even be something reflexive, something that we just find ourselves doing from tradition or habit without really noticing if we even like it or if we're desiring it. Desire is something I want, something I'm consenting to, something that fills me up, right? We inherit so much from our ancestors and our families and our societies. A lot of this inheritance comes in the form of certain traditions, some traditions born from wisdom and honor, and other traditions born from trauma and pain. The latter, trauma and pain, tend to be our inherited intergenerational trauma patterns or habits or rituals or even coping mechanisms. And I find this time of year to be so potent to ask the question, which tradition am I upholding from duty? Which am I holding, upholding from desire? I find it important because there's such a reflexive quality at this time of year uh, from our families and our society that we're supposed to be productive in a very specific way. Whether it's gift giving, throwing parties, making dinners, making enough money to buy a gift, there's, there's some kind of stress and charge that's built up to propel us into this societal idea of the holiday season. And what's interesting is how much this societal expectation or expression is in firm opposition to the somatic expression during the darkest time of the year. Those of us not living on the equator are experiencing darkness quite early. We're experiencing colder weather, colder temperatures. And that does something to the adrenals and to the nervous system and to our hormones. It slows us down. Its purpose is to tell us to retreat within or to um, you know, nomadically roam somewhere with greater daylight, bigger days, and a warmer climate. But we don't, those of us who live in one place. So our bodies are consistently speaking to the land around us and the season shifts. And that deeply affects our being. So during this darkest time of the year as we approach the winter solstice, the body is, is requiring more sleep, more stillness, less stimulation, less socializing. It's just a natural response to the mechanism that is nature. And our bodies that are in this, um, let's say, healthy, organic form of um, exhaustion or being tired or being more quiet, are then revved up by the societal expectation of seeing family, of buying gifts, of creating experiences for people, of doing instead of being. And so I, I like to bring that in so I can validate any of us that have this biological, almost freeze response this time of year to anything, because it's really healthy. That's the animal in you. 
relating to the land around it. And then the the person, you know, the human, if you will, in society has a specific expectation of how we're supposed to show up to this time of year, to this season, to these, whether it's religious or spiritual or, um, again, just purely societal. And what we want to notice here again, I'm going to ask the question, when you're thinking of this, as I'm speaking this, and you're thinking of the things you have to do or what's coming up, really hear my question and see what your body does. The question is, which traditions do you uphold from a place of duty instead of desire? And let your body show you. Let the body show you sensationally what it feels like to not want to do something. Let your body show you sensationally what it feels like to do something. It takes a lot of capacity to allow yourself to feel settled in disappointing people. It takes a lot of capacity and a self-relationship to not judge yourself when you don't want to do something everyone else is doing. And it takes a lot of capacity to be really honest with yourself. What do I talk myself into doing? What do I, what don't I have to talk myself into doing? What situations do I walk away from feeling so exhausted? Which situations do I walk away from feeling really nourished? When we are living from a place of duty, which again, it's very reflexive. It's very, um, very much about bypassing what we actually want and doing what we think we're supposed to do or from survival doing what we must. When we live from that place, we're going to be exhausted. We're going to have resentment. We're probably going to do a lot of fawning, especially with social holidays and celebrations because we're doing what other people want us to do to make them feel happy. And the shadow of fawning is always resentment because it's a boundary break. When you invite me to a party and I say, can't wait to come, but I really want to stay home and I show up and I bring you a gift or I prepare a dish and I go beyond what I want because I don't want you to be disappointed or hurt. I'm breaking so many of my own boundaries because I'm moving beyond my own capacity. And to function beyond my capacity, I also have to stimulate myself. So I might be skipping meals or eating more sugar or drinking alcohol or smoking lots of pot or drinking coffee or snapping at my child. These expressions come out of me to uh, soothe or in response to going beyond my capacity. However, if I am invited to your party and I check in with my body and my capacity, and my capacity says, I want to drop by for 10 minutes and give this person a hug and leave. And that's all my capacity has. Do I have the practice of hearing that, first of all, feeling it, and then acting on it without expectation of them or myself? Let them be disappointed. Do I have capacity for their disappointment? The word authentic keeps coming up for me, and it's such, a, such an overused term, and I like to use the term natural. To me, authentic is just another word for your, your nature, 
what's natural for you. And I believe it shifts a lot. So I don't really believe in kind of um, um, overarching boundaries of I never want to see you again. That never works for me. Or I don't do parties. Instead, I like the I don't want to see you now. Or I don't do parties now. Or today I want to take a bath and a nap. What if we just let ourselves be with where we are right now and follow the capacity we have right now? Listen to the capacity we have right now. And by doing so, we actually build more capacity because we nurture ourselves by responding and relating to our body's needs. The pain in my back, the headache, the exhaustion, the hunger, these are all sensations from the body of essentially expressing a boundary and a need. Stop this, it hurts my leg. Eat this, my stomach is hungry. Lay down, I have a headache. When we follow these sensations and we listen to them, we build our capacity because we give a certain part of the body the rest it needs. So when we're thinking about these traditions we uphold, or these things we reflexively do that we don't even want to do, we have to understand that somatically and biologically, we're pushing ourselves beyond our desires and our capacities. Which means we forget what we even want, especially when this is a lifetime of living this way. So I'm going to give us all a practice to try right now. Think again about something coming up that you have to do that you don't want to do. And it doesn't matter if you have a choice or not. Just see something you're dreading in your mind's eye. And notice what part of your body is dreading it. Where do you physically feel the sensation of dread? And wherever that is, put your hand over it. And sit there for a moment. And just see what it's like to touch into the part that's dreading it. And then, with your eyes open, take in your current environment. Take in the actual reality, the fact that right now you don't have to do that thing. You might have to in a minute, or an hour, or a week. But right now, in this second when you're listening to my voice, notice how you don't have to do that thing. Can you find the part of your body that feels, oh, right now I'm not doing that thing and I don't have to right now? Where can you feel that? And wherever that is, put your hand there. And if your hands can't reach these places or it feels awkward, just put your focus there. So at this point, you're focusing or you're touching a part of the body that's dreading something coming up that you don't want to do. And you're noticing or touching a part of the body that realizes right now I'm not doing that thing. This is a beautiful moment if you're feeling both of these sensations. Because you're able to feel what reality feels like from imagination. You're able to physically feel the current reality of your current second-by-second state. And you're able to feel what the future feels like, what the fear of the future feels like. And what we want to do is see what it's like to let both these places communicate to each other. Taking a couple seconds in one place and going to the other, pendulating back and forth a couple seconds. And almost seeing if the part of you that feels the reality of right now, I don't have to do that thing. If that can comfort or speak to the part that's frozen in dread and expectation of this thing it has to do. 
And by doing this simple practice, we're actually building our capacity to feel our present and to internally self-regulate and soothe the dysregulated parts of us in expectation and anxiety and, um, um, what's the word I'm thinking, anticipation for this future event or situation. And that's a really important thing to learn because when we are oriented toward a situation that's scary or stressful or we're dreading, that tends to be all we're able to somaticize. That tends to take the focus of our sensational being. And then we actually lose the reality and all the other things that we're able to orient toward. And this is the total opposite of spiritual bypassing. I don't want anyone here to pretend they don't have something coming up that they're dreading. Instead, I want you to notice the part of you that dreads it and respect it, and then show that part how much of you is open to this present moment that you're okay. This present moment where there's nothing to do. And again, that could change in 30 seconds, but can you feel the relief for the next 25 seconds? For some of us, that's all we can do because of our circumstances. We must find these little nanoseconds of freedom in between stressful situations. Others, you might have greater uh, access to space and time in between stressful situations. And you can settle in for hours. Contemplating what I desire and what I do reflexively from duty starts to show you what you're holding in your body why and about what. And then the practice of reorienting to the present helps you start to learn sensationally when I'm in my mind about the future or past or when I'm in my body in the present. And the purpose of that is to live here, wherever we are, with the capacity based on our current realities. If I'm bringing in a situation from the future that hasn't happened yet, I'm charging my body up, which means my body has a charge leading up to that situation that may be inevitable. And every second, minute, hour, day of charge that I build up about this thing I'm anticipating, I lose my capacity for the thing itself. However, if I'm building the capacity to feel the safety inside of me, to feel the reality that right now I'm free, to feel the moments where I'm allowed to rest and not show up from duty, I'm building my capacity. So when this inevitable event occurs, I actually have more resourcing to move through it and not get as overwhelmed by it. Take your time with this and good luck. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice, what's your body doing? right now sit with it let it speak to you and let whatever comes up come up and your only job is to listen for all the wisdom you need is right inside of you for more information on my work including my online courses and healing circles please visit holisticlifenavigation.com you can also follow me on instagram and facebook where I share weekly philosophies and resources to help you release stress and trauma from your body. 
so that you can live a happier life. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.